Hello, my name is Patricia Rozvora and you're listening to Kitchen Conversations. This podcast aims to open up the mysterious and vague Eastern Bloc to a broader international audience. For each episode, I'm inviting one artist or researcher and together we explore their relation, interest and urgency to create within the framework of the post-Soviet sphere. For today's talk, I invited Michał Korta, a Polish photographer born before the fall of communism in Bochnia, near Kraków. A couple of years ago, I had the pleasure to meet Michał in rather different circumstances than those connected to art. Today, years later, in our virtual kitchen, we met again to talk about his ongoing fascination with the post-Soviet regions. Since 2006, Michał undertook several long-term journeys to Central Asia the Caucasus and the Balkans. During our kitchen conversation, he shared stories behind two of his unique photo books, The Balkan Playground and Beautiful Monsters. Please welcome Michał Korta. Welcome to Kitchen Conversations, Michał. I'm very happy. Uh, we managed to meet in your birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Hello. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, we, we met already before, a long time ago in person, but today in this virtual space. Let's hope it doesn't uh, disappoint us and it will record our conversation from the beginning till the end. Um, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Uh, yeah, at the beginning, uh, I always like to know a little bit uh, about you, how you started, and later we will uh, go into your specific photo projects. Uh, so yeah, how did you start uh, with photography or with art, uh, if you can tell a bit about that? Uh, first of all, excuse my English if I do some mistakes. Uh, um, I speak a little bit Russian as well, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure my English is not perfect, but I hope you will understand. Um, well, um, I don't remember, it was, it was that, that long ago. Um, yeah, actually, I was like 15 or 16 years old, and my, my cousin mentioned once that, that there is this kind of profession like photographer, uh, maybe it was 14 or something like that. And it's like, seems to be a nice job. And it was like my first impression of, of like thinking consciously about the professional photographer. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. But that was it. And then, and then I forgot about this like for some years. And after a few years, I just got uh, a broken camera like Olympus OM, uh, analog uh, camera. And my brother was living at the time in Vienna and he was sharing a flat with an with a Austrian photographer. And I was visiting him like for holidays and the photographer fixed the, the, the broken camera and gave me like three 
roles of, of black and white films. And, and he showed me how it, how it works, the exposure and, and everything on the camera. And so it was like a group of coincidences, uh, I must say. And I got in. And that's, that's the short story. I still have those, those negatives uh, because they're like, it's kind of like a street photography from Vienna. It was one, one of my first visits outside of the country. So I was like, um, I was wondering every time because everything was new. And I was like doing the snapshots of, of everything what, what was new for me. And there are like kind of naive um, pictures, but also at the same time, um, there is this kind of purity in them. I, I still have like contact sheets from 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 these negatives, and I printed some 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 pictures from that. I remember in the dark room, um, which I made like later in Poland, in the basement, and um, and I kind of like it. I mean, there is this kind of freshness in the in the in the in the looking at things, and there is this kind of I, I still kind of miss this kind of freshness and naivety and like pure, um, I call it in Polish, which means like, uh, I don't know, wonder. You should wonder or uh, surprise yourself. Be surprised or something like this, yeah. Uh, Because it was like this kind of very, very pure and kind of beautiful feeling to me. And now when I, when I take pictures, I, I don't have this anymore. And I was like thinking many times that I should look for it uh, because it was, it was like, um, nowadays I'm, I'm super conscious about technique, about, about uh, composition and lightning and everything. And there is not, there is not this spontaneity, spontaneity in, 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 in it. Um, yeah. And then I remember also one thing in the beginning that my, Parents took me, this was also like first time they took me really seriously because they helped me with the darkroom. I said, I would like to have a darkroom. And there was like a empty space in the basement, like a small, I don't know, 10 meter or eight meter, eight square meter room, um, which was used for laundry like years ago. <clears throat> and I decided if I could, Build a, a darkroom there, and they said, "Yeah, okay, we will help you." And they uh, and they ordered some some constructor um, guys who who fix the the space, and I could I can I, I could do this there, and it was really really like I was very proud that that finally they took me seriously and and helped me like with some effort to do this. Um, and how old were you then, when you had I your like dark room? Sixteen or something like that. Yeah. So this twenty-five years uh, passed now, and how do you see your role as a photographer? Do you think it changed from the moment you took this uh, street photography in Vienna? Well, I think it, it changed many times, and like mm, one hundred eighty degrees. Um, I mean. I have I've, I've read once this sentence, which I kind of use as as my motto. It says you should uh, you should all the time modify your idea. Uh, 
or idea of yourself, mm, which means like discovering yourself all the time. But I think the, the, the most mm, interesting time was in the advertising agency. I was working there like mm, a little bit more than one year. So it wasn't that long. I started as a as an assistant of the photographer, but then then they they changed me to to be a photographer there. Um, and it was the times that we that we used like large format cameras on on on, on uh, diapositive and slides. So it was you have to be very precise with the with the exposure and everything. Yeah. And every every picture counts counted uh, because it was expensive and complicated. But it was really good school of photography. And then I realized that I really like to work with people. That I that I prefer that because um, before that I, I mostly photographed like um, things, objects, and and places. And and then I realized that I really like working with people and then that I like this kind of energy and what's between the photographer and the, and the sitter. Um, yeah, and since then I, I'm, I'm, I consider myself a, a portrait photographer. Even if I sometimes do like a project with our um, documentary or um, it's I'm kind of really difficult to classify uh, because if I have to to simplify it, I say I, I am portrait and documentary photographer. But but I also have projects which are like conceptual or um, like creative um, voices. Yeah, it's really difficult to to classify me. So. I, I don't know if it's true, but when I look at your photographs, especially the ones which you shared with me from the your projects um, on the post-Soviet regions, mm -hmm. I find them very like slow, slow photography. I don't know, in a positive way, I feel you really take a lot of time to observe and uh, find your connection to the place or the person i don't know if it's no. really like this but i don't feel like you're rushed or it's not snapshots it's really moments or uh, you create really like memories with thank your you it's, it's, it's really nice and i'm glad you 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 can feel it because uh, to feel it you also need some time to to spend with those photographs and it's not also it's really difficult to market this kind of pictures because Nowadays, nobody has time to to take slow photography and to read slow photography. So, um, I'm really happy that that you that you told this. Yeah, that that was the idea. I mean, I even if I was working with a digital camera, I I wanted to 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 make some rules for myself uh, and to keep on it. So I decided not to take thousands of images. I decided to like observe, spend some time with, with the, with the um, object or people or, or place, uh, observe it from different angles and then decide to take three shots or two shots. Um, so it was this kind of, I, I decided to try, at least to try to work like analog, but with digital camera. So like really don't look at the, at the picture 
instantly, but like to, to be more present in the between the lens and the object. So from 2006, I read somewhere you are interested in the uh, regions of uh, yeah, post-Soviet regions, the Central Asia, Caucasus, right? And also the Balkans? Yeah, I, was, I, was, I was visiting those, those regions. In 2006, I went for the first time to Georgia and Azerbaijan with a bike. It was, oh, wow. it was with the bike and so it was actually between the wars because there was like 2010, there were some like uh, incidents there. Um, so I was like, when I, when I went there, it was like super strange. I mean, I've seen like, like corpses of, of, of horses on the streets and destroyed buildings. So it was like really, um, and Imagine, I mean, those people who, who who saw me there, like biking, like somebody from from uh, Western countries biking in the Georgia uh, with some with some luggage on the bike, uh, and they were like running on the street after me and doing like, "Hey, stop! Uh, you should you should step by for tea or." we do something to eat we can we can kill a pig and do a party and this kind of stuff so they were like really super friendly and super uh, hungry for for uh, western people i mean i i mean in big city you could meet of course different people from different countries but but in the countryside i was like really super alone foreigner there and i was the main attraction of of of, of villages for them um it's interesting that you say western uh tourists or western person because yeah you for them probably you are western yeah, i mean from their perspective i know yeah um, but course. that's that's very interesting this shift right like where i live now in holland like poland is never yeah. considered yeah. western right yeah, yeah I, I know i know but it, I'm, I'm simplifying only no 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 that's very uh, i like that that's uh... mm. of course that, that that's for their per, perspective um yeah and is it this uh, slowness that uh, drives you to these regions to constantly because also then uh, till i think 2016 or 15 you were still making these trips to this uh, post-Soviet regions. Um, amongst others, I know you photographed some uh, other places as well, but these places were kind of coming back in your projects. Yeah, I, I think there is a mixture of, of things that, that attracted me there. Mm, they still attract me there. And I kind of like, um, yeah, for sure there is this slowness in life uh, somehow there. But yeah, I, I think it's connected also with my childhood in the communism era in Poland and some kind of nostalgic feelings and, and stuff like this. Um, I also think that like, I have this feeling that, we, that we've lost something in, in, um, here in the European Union in, in nowadays. Like, like there is, um, everything is simplified. You can, everything is, uh, you can buy everything nowadays. Uh, and there is like, I think maybe it's child, childish thinking, but I think we, 
we're missing something like like some some parts of i don't know spirituality which which got lost uh in my opinion in western countries um something you can find in a, in a in russian uh, poetry uh, when you read classics um from the 18th and 19th century you can you can you can you can see that there is like uh, this kind of spirituality not necessarily like a religious way but um but like knowing that there is something more than uh, than all the rules and 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 you know we in western uh, i do it again we in western countries <laughs> uh, we everything is counted everything is regulated like there is a space for everything everything has name and its place and fits into kind of table or um yeah rooster or whatever yeah and there is no like there is super less space for improvisation for like uh freedom freedom Maybe. or and counting like newness even something new like there is less unexpected happenings yeah of course when i was when i was kid in a communism era i wanted to be like western people and that was the goal yeah to have those things and to 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 be like them but now i see it's a trap don't go there <laughs> And uh, because since you traveled to so many different countries, now speaking about the, let's say, former Eastern Bloc, mm -hmm. uh, of course, these are very different places, right? So they yeah. speak different languages, different cultures, different um, body language. I wonder how did you manage to get so close to those people? Because your photographs really resemble for me this kind of tight bond you you manage to to have with them so i wonder how uh, how you manage to communicate well i i speak a little bit russian but it's it's far from far from fluent but um i can communicate um some of them also speak english but of course if you are in a city or talk to younger people it's much better um you know it's like I think that this kind of photography, it's like with every day or every year, it's like more difficult to do because people are used to photography and the people are also used to to, to that, that, that very, that a lot of people misused photography. Like they are aware of, of Instagram and Facebook and, and, Insta and, and internet generally, Uh, and they don't have a control of, of, over what happened to those pictures. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, sometimes when you, when you ask somebody politely, direct, can I take you a portrait? So they, they strike a pose or, or do some funny face. So you have to, to, to be like, mm, to be with them longer, to, to, to get over it, to, to wait this moment, uh, Paul and to to create like another layer uh, or to wait the moment of of 
authenticity or something like that. Yeah, yeah and I think that 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 taking pictures it's like it's always like a two ways connection or relation. Uh, so it's like giving and receiving, uh, and without it, you can you, you cannot do a like good portrait. Hmm. So the the Balkan pre- playground, that's a project uh, you did in uh, summer and autumn of 2014, uh, yeah. and it was a road trip you took through the Balkan Peninsula, right? Yeah. So uh, from what I heard, you visited 11 countries. In yeah, not region? all of them are Balkan countries. Yeah, yeah but but uh, I drove from Poland to Greece, um, and yeah, through eleven countries. So I only missed uh, or skipped uh, Croatia because somehow I had this feeling it's like super um, holiday destination for Polish people. So I didn't <laughs> want to go there, but I'm sure Croatia is. Wonderful country. I've never been there. Uh, wonderful country, and they have also probably some super spots without tourists. But somehow I wanted. I didn't want to go there. Mm. Yeah, but still, it's still uh, ahead of me. Yeah, it's Croatia. beautiful. They have amazing uh, water and beaches. It's yeah, really, I know. Really I know. special. And I like it because it's a kind of mix of Mediterranean and Eastern. Yeah, yeah, no? yeah. Like so the food is yeah, Mediterranean. Like whole, like whole Balkans. Yeah. yeah. And then um, you were driving uh, with your car and just like stepping out and photographing uh, through like few months. Yeah, exactly. I was like a little bit more than two months. And I was like sleeping in the car and meeting people and like with. Actually, I it was not planned. I was, I was like, I. I was like fed up with everything and I decided to to do some break and in the first um the first idea was to go like for five days or a week into the woods of southern Poland. Um so I just packed some stuff and you know when you sleep in a car you take the same actually the same equipment for one week and for two months it's it's you don't need any anything else yeah um so and i went photograph photograph trees uh, and then i went um on some some hill in the woods like super muddy road uh and some spot close to i think it was um I forget the name. I know it was Shudwowiec, but it, there was like a bigger city close there. Never mind. Um, so it was this region. So I was like reading, and always when I go on some road trips, I took some few books. Uh, so I had like old uh, box. It's a wine box with like seven or twelve books inside. <laughs> um, and I remember that I was reading Stasiuk, of course, but I also had this book. Um, I don't. I'm not sure about the the English title. I think it it's like um, Imagining the Balkans, Balkany uh, Wyobrażone by Professor yeah. Todorova, um, and it's like super heavy, uh, big, um, uh, thick book. 
and I and and when I was on this hill in the wood, it started to rain, and it rained like for two days, and the road was so slippery that I couldn't go down with the car because it was like impossible. It was too wet, and the mud was everywhere. So I I spent like three days uh, in the. I you prob probably seen this, the picture when I stand uh, with the tripod on my on my car in the yes. wood. That's the place. That's the place. And so I was, and those three days I was reading that book about Balkans and I was like, hmm, I always wanted to go there. I always wanted to go there. Uh, and after it's, uh, it stopped to rain and I could go farther. So I almost finished the book and I was like, uh, if not now, then when? And I should go to the Balkans. And I got some invoices which paid like from a month ago. And I was like, okay, I have some money. Actually, I can make a few phone calls and, and postpone some meetings or shootings or whatever, some small jobs, but there was nothing serious uh, at the timing in my calendar. So I was like, okay, it's, it's doable. I, I'll, go, I'll go south. Maybe I'll go to Sarajevo. And this was like this idea. I've never been there. Uh, and I checked the map and I was like, Okay, I can do this. Uh, and I was just driving to Sarajevo with some, with some stop in, in, in Hungary for a night. And the next day I was standing to the, to the uh, name shield Sarajevo. Uh, and I still have this picture like my car, uh, and which, which I sent to my family, to my mother and, and to my brothers. Uh, because they didn't knew I go there, so <laughs> like surprising for them that I'm there. Uh, and then I, I decided to go further south, and 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 I, so I didn't plan the, the 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 Balkan book or the Balkan project. It was like I was just I just go and I, I document the trip. Um, yeah, and and then after a while, actually after a few portraits, I decided that that this could be a, a project. And I was also like, I started also to look for people, to, to meet them, to talk to them and to photograph them. Um, and the rest of images were like feeling together. But yeah, so it wasn't planned, but after a time I decided that this might be a project. And the more I, I, uh, I was like leaving this, the more I, I've seen that it could be a book, and I started to think as a as a uh, the final product as a as a as a book. And the title, what? what um, why do, did you decide to choose such a playful and? Yeah, I, I've seen this kind of graffiti. It, it was like a like a word play, uh, because it was like a it was under the bridge. I think it was in Podgorica in Montenegro. But I'm not sure now. Um, I, I have this picture still. And actually the, 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 the designer uh, who designed the, the second uh, edition, the cover, he was inspired by, the, by this graffiti. So he took some elements and put in, in this, in this uh, cover. Uh, but it was like a, like a, like a Greek flag. Um, combined with, with this inscription Balkan Playground because they um, they have some issues with the with the with the borders where where there is where there are the, the borders of Balkans 
and uh, the problem with Macedonia and North Macedonia. So it was like everything was there in, in this um, in this graffiti. And I and I was like, okay, it's really nice when you when you don't uh, when you use something which is meaningful and which which was like found. It's not like I created the title, but I just found it and then I use it for for um, for the book. When mm. I looked at it, uh, since like there's a lot of images of playgrounds of like this abandoned sport yeah, 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 yeah. playgrounds. And then I read in the introduction that actually uh, yeah, the former Yugoslavia was very uh, good in uh, basketball and they were yeah, like winning all kind yeah. of championships. Yeah, so I yeah. thought... It was like political. Even even sport was political at that time. Uh, yeah, it, it's all, of course it's multi-layered. Uh, so I was aware of that. And I also think that the the um, playgrounds uh, in the countryside or in the small towns or they telling you a lot i mean when you travel like through a foreign it's a really tricky and really difficult situation when you travel through a country you don't know and you have to say something about that so you have to decide you have to pick maybe some elements so that you can decide i will take some like maybe not typo typological but I will, I will look closely to like bikers or to playgrounds or like select one, one really narrow topic and repeat it because of the book construction also. And because of, um, because of like through the repetition, you can tell more between words uh, also, in my opinion. Yeah. I wonder about um, if you would like to share maybe one of your favorite moments, which you then captured uh, from this series, perhaps with a person you met or a place you spent time with. There are several, and I think um, actually there are some moments which I really liked, but they are not in the book. Uh, like. It's really nice waking up in a, in a place when you where you parked at night, and you don't see really where you are. You know that you're on some mountains or in, on the on the edge of a wood or something, uh, and you wake up and 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 you're surprised, positively surprised, because it's like a nice view or or uh, sunrise or something like or some some foggy, you know. Um, some fog on, on, on the hills. So it's really, that was, I remember one, I don't even know where was it, in, in, in which country, uh, because I also decided not to divide it in, into the countries. Like I decided to treat like Balkans or this region as a whole. Um, so even the, the, the pictures in the book, they're all mixed up, not chronologically or geographically. Uh, you can read where it is at the end of the book because there is like an index. But when you see the pictures, I didn't want it to, to write also under the pictures because it's like distorting the flow of, of looking at the images. But I remember one, one moment when I was like, uh, I parked at night and I was waking up in the morning and it was really nice view on some hills, like super warm and sun. 
and uh, I opened the hatch in the car and I was like doing some yoga to to stretch a little bit and then I, I've, I've noticed that there are some like fig fruits uh, like close to the car and they're like uh, I could like just grab some fresh figs from the tree and it was like wow that was, that was a really nice moment because we don't have figs in Poland and I was like sitting on, on the hatch of the car and drinking coffee and eating fresh fresh figs from the tree uh, picked up and so I have like a picture from from that place some some uh, coffee machine with with some fruits um, but it was not for a book but 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 for me it's a really uh, nice moment but one of the pictures which I remember like kind of quite strong from the Balkan playground is the portrait of the of the beekeeper in uh, close to Mostar uh, so I was like driving out of Mostar into the into the mountains and I've seen this on on the way I've seen some some shields like watch out there are mines um, and you shouldn't go off off road uh, and I was driving, and I've seen. Uh, I took some picture of of of, of this of these uh, warnings, and I was driving like a few minutes, and I've seen the beekeeper, and I was like, wow. Uh, and I turn around, and um, I parked close to close to the guy, and he was like on the on the. Um, it was not road; it was like a path uh, close to the road. And I said to him that, that I'd like to take a portrait of him uh, with this uniform. It was like sunset, so really nice lightning. And he told me that there are like mines all around on the both sides of the world. And he was like putting the, the bee houses or I don't know, bee houses? I think so, yeah. Uh, those boxes with, with bees and uh, along the, the road. And I was like, this was really nice, like meaningful activity maybe if people know that because it's not not he told me that it's very usual uh, use of the minefield uh, which was like a discovery for me because i didn't i mean i think it's it's like a pure genius because it's like really uh, super inventive i think in my opinion to uh, to use a minefield like this uh, and it was like well, people are really great and inventive. They they can do this kind of things because it's like it costs a lot of money to to uh, to remove the the mines, and it's like a long process. It takes time and money, and and uh, and they of course they they demining the fields, but it it will need some time. Uh, and he told me that from time to time they have like explosions because a cow or some goat goes on the mine. Um, yeah, but you, you can, you can use bees and, and you can, you can have honey from, from minefield. This is really strange. That's great. That's I mean, one of it's, it's such a powerful thing and, and very symbolic also, yeah? uh, in a positive way, I think, um, because the mine mines are put there to, to kill people, yeah? to, to harm people and then the bees like converting this into something super positive and sweet. Um, so this is like very powerful uh, discover and, and 
even though the picture is kind of sweet because of the sunset and uh, sort of like nice colors and nice nice lightning, but uh, and you don't know that if you look at the picture because you you cannot read that. So this information is only hidden in the description at the end of the book, uh, and there are like a few more secrets. Uh, you will see as you get the book. <laughs> Great! I'm I'm looking forward. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. That's one of the surprising things which you were talking about, no? That if a place is not fully designed and controlled, there is still space for this uh, new inventions and like yeah, yeah, surprises. Exactly. Kind of improvisation, yeah. I would like to just come back to something you said before uh, about your choice to call the region as one, as the Balkans, not to separate. Mm -hmm. And apart from the visual um, way you wanted people just to enjoy the images, I wondered uh, if there was any other reason for it. Because I would think, especially at the moment and considering the history, those countries would rather like to be separate than like call one. I tried to like not, not to go into politics, firstly. And to to treat like to to, to treat like every um, person or place in the uh, in the pictures in the project like demo democratically, like um, I mean it, it doesn't matter if it's like Serbia or Montenegro or, or Macedonia or nowadays North Macedonia. I think like they have, they still have something in common. I mean, when you look like from Serbia to Bosnia and Herzegovina, probably you, and you, when you spend more time, you see the differences and you can tell maybe even after the language or after the looking or um, mentality and history and religion and stuff. But when you look from outside, uh, from Poland or when you look from other continent, uh, there is like a similar food, for example, or similar weather, or similar, um, I don't know, even group of languages, uh, the same language family. Or, so, and this creates kind of, um, can, it creates a character of the place, or of the people. Like, even if, like, there is a border here, but there are, like, small countries, generally. You can say, like, Macedonia or Montenegro, they're super small countries. And uh, so the borders are, in some way, artificial. Uh, it's like uh, people decided someday, uh, many years ago, here will be the Macedonia and here will be Serbia, and so on, so on. So I think... You know, like um, even geography decides, uh, like um, the periods of the year, the the autumn in this region is is like when you look from super far distance, uh, it's just a place which has like many things in common, yeah. Mm. Uh, which that that was my decision to to like to to look at this place as a whole. Because also even when you look on the on the borders, they, they've changed in the history, yeah? They were they were moving. So which means 
it's even like kind of paradox because one day you you are like a, a Croatian and other day you are Serbian. Uh, there, I was like thinking once about the project, which is difficult to do. But there, I've I've read about some people in in uh, in Poland who were like living in one place like for 70 years. Like imagine like some super old grandma living close to the border of Ukraine in Poland. And there were like, before the war, she was like a Polish, but living uh, in nowadays Ukraine, yeah? And the borders were moved and the people had choices sometimes. Like you can, you can uh, change the nationality and stay in the same place, or you can you can move out from your house and be like Polish citizen, but you have to 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 change the place. Sometimes people had choices, and sometimes they they hadn't. Mm. Uh, but I read a story about a lady who was like living in one place, and she uh, she had like three different uh, nations given because of where she wanted to live and she didn't want to leave the house. And there are some places even after war, which we, not everybody is aware of it, but there were like some, some small um, borders movement. Like we give you this part and you give us this part because of some uh, logistic or different like um, stories. Yeah. Probably in every, every case was different, but, and I think in, in every, and especially in ex-Yugoslavia, there are a lot of this kind of, of things that that people were like um, feel Croatian and were living in Serbia or, or other way. Mm, because I don't know if if the if the people feel Balkanians or not. Probably yes. Like it's also like many maybe good question to ask them if they feel Balkanians because it's like. Uh, it's one layer above, so you avoid politic. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like pure regional term. Uh, even though, like, there is this term Balkanization in in uh, uh, geopolitics, which means um, deconstructing, like, or splitting into many small countries oh, wow. so if you, if you take one big country and and like uh make it to, to few smaller countries it, it, is, it is called balkanization uh which is also i mean it's not that positive i'd say um why wasn't it for example i mean the soviet union also that what's happened right it's split uh, into small countries yeah yeah it's true like but I think yeah, it's it's maybe it's a different case because um, Russia is more more powerful and much much bigger. I mean, one one uh, one ex Soviet Republic is of the size of whole Balkans, uh, or can be like Kazakhstan, for example. Yeah? Mm -hmm. um, and when we look from the same distance, they're like different tribes in Kazakhstan and different, you know, meanings and different uh, political groups. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not, a, I don't feel like an expert in, in, in this, but um, yeah, but somehow we, we, 
we do not call it derusification or something, but no, exactly. balkanization. Uh, Very but, you know, also for me, it's like both of those regions, like ex-Russian republics and Balkans, it was like Eastern Bloc. So there are like some similarities in those regions for me. Uh, and as somebody once said that I'm, I'm a... a uh, child of communism, uh, which is kind of funny term, but uh, <laughs> but somehow I agree with that because you know, no matter, I mean, if you don't have like a super traumatized childhood, uh, it's no matter what conditions did you have, you always perceive your childhood as 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 happy childhood. Yeah. So, I mean. Uh, mm. I was raised in communism, and and I and I think it was one of the best times of my life. Uh, even if we had like not much things, uh, we were super creative and we were like happy with with what we have. Uh, that's the mystery of childhood, probably. Yeah, exactly, because you don't have to worry about your nationality your identity you're just like in your world of imagination and what i know that you actually had another project which you did in uh, macedonia uh, and that was uh, photographing the brutalist architecture yeah when i was in in skopje um, i met some people there and, and somebody showed me like there is really nice and interesting building of brutalist, like example of brutalist architecture. And we went to see the building and it was like, uh, I think it was like a um, student dormitory. And, and I was like really super curious. And then I've seen the, the, the post office in Skopje and it was like, wow, that looks really like a spaceship from con like a concrete spaceship in the in the center of, of the town. And they were like kind of hiding the buildings. And I think for me it was like really it could be the main attraction of the city. They could they could use it for for bringing really a lot of tourists and make some money and and they were like covering this building and building some neoclassicist uh, faking new um, uh, buildings in the in the in, on the river, and I couldn't understand that. I'm, but this is like, uh, I think they will they will they will use the building if they do not destroy them. They will use them in ten years or twenty years. They will they will appreciate that that they have these buildings. But nowadays they're like ashamed of because they rem it's like a, they remind they remind them the 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 the, the history of of the country and uh, yeah, I think they are really beautiful. They are very characteristic and, and, and they also are witness of, of, of that time. So I fell in love with those buildings and I started to read more and more what's the story and the, about the 63 earthquake and the, the revitalization of, of this, um, of the city and it was the time when the brutalism was super popular, so they created a lot of buildings in the center in that style. Um, 
Yeah, and and I decided to like to just to visit them for the first time, like just to see them. I took some pictures. I also had large format camera at the time, so I I decided to do like so. I took like four or five pictures of of some buildings, and then when I returned home, and I I developed the pictures, and I and I was like, hmm, this could be a really nice project, and I, and I went there um, by plane. Like year or two later, and did some some other buildings to to have this body of work, um, and I made this small booklet with with twelve images, like contact prints from from uh, large format negatives. Um, but it, it, I think I mean I'm still in love with with the brutalism, generally, uh, and. We can maybe even say like modernism, modernism architecture. I really like it, and I, I also did some some Bauhaus architecture in in Tel Aviv. So maybe one day I will make a bigger book with with the modernism architecture. Um, yeah, I think it's it also like it's like a story very connected to the city because. Of the tragic earthquake um, and of the time in history, so I think everything tells a story about the city, about the um, about the situation at the time, and about also about the solidarity because a lot of countries uh, decided to help Skopje rebuild, uh, like. Paulo Picasso was giving some works for the museum, which was created after the earthquake. This kind of small stories, which which happened, like Poland and Japan were were sending some architects to to help designing new city. Um, yeah, I, I think you know the longer you stay there, or the the the, the better you look, the the more interesting the stories are. I like that you decided to make the publication only with a very few images and like just put them in there like raw. Yeah, it's like aesthetics. a really small it's like a really small booklet and I published it only in 25 uh, 25 copies. Um and in this case I decided less is more. Of course I could I had some more pictures and I could make it like much bigger, but I just selected my favorite buildings and it was like uh, no compromises in this case because I do it like for myself only and um, the book is relatively uh, expensive but I don't care if it doesn't sell it. I just wanted to have it like to, to close the small idea in, in some package. Um, it becomes and, for me this uh, archive or like you really preserve those because as you say, like perhaps one day they will turn into commercial attractions or maybe they will be totally ruined and rebuilt. So I, yeah, I maybe really they destroy them. I, I heard that some of them a plan to be destroyed. I don't know. I don't follow that anymore. Mm, but I've seen some pictures like taken two years later and they were like totally covered with some with some billboards so you could not see the buildings at all. Exactly, yeah. Really sad. Yeah. 
But we had we have like similar situation in, in Poland uh, that we have some buildings which are like from the point of view of an architect or historian uh, they are really important and like meaningful and um, showing some characteristic style in a, in a specific period of time and the buildings are like very often not in good shape i was i was also reading like a few days ago uh, a book a photography book by wojciech wilczyk Mm-hmm. about the old synagogues there is no such thing as an innocent eye and it's a beautiful project beautiful idea uh, actually I was talking a few days ago um, with with Wojtek because I'm planning to open a gallery and and I'm not sure if it will happen this year but uh, one of the Uh, some private um, investor bought old synagogue in my hometown and he like set up offices on two floors and he told me the ground floor for now it's it's empty and maybe we should open the gallery i was thinking about about bringing the project of of uh, by Wojtek uh, nice because it would be really perfect place to show the, this project about old synagogues in an old synagogue nice and what are you working on now uh, i'm working now i'm struggling very um, very much with my own portfolio <laughs> uh, I, i think no i'm seriously i'm, I'm rebuilding my um, internet presence i have like such a big archive Uh, and I'm discovering every day some forgotten pictures. So it's really, really very difficult to do it well. Uh, so sometimes when you have like a smaller archive, it's it's easier to 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 do like a presentation or a portfolio or, or web web page. But if you're asking about the projects, I'm I'm I have this project which is open. I mean, I always have like several projects which are open and on in different stage of realization. But but Weeping Willows, uh, which is like the another return to trees, <laughs> to this idea uh, of photographing trees. But I'm, I still feel that I don't know enough uh, as a human being or uh, as an observer uh, about trees to do it well. Yeah, I started the project as a kind of a critical story about how people mistreat trees because there is this uh, pandemonic, I would say, um, mishandling of trees in Poland where the people just cutting the trees in half and leaving the rest. Uh, and... It looks horrible and it's like actually painful like, like it's like chopping a hand or a leg for humans yeah I, I consider that like this and and I, I, I try to understand why this happens but I don't I don't have one um, one answer and I still don't know why why this happens so I'd like to show people 
this situation, maybe people outside of Poland. And I'm afraid that those pictures will be very powerful even in 50 years, or maybe when I'm dead, uh, because it, they show also like Poland here and now through this very narrow uh, topic you can see also how the houses looks or the surrounding of the houses looks like and there is no I'm not sure yet but probably there won't be picture uh, people in the in those pictures but still it is story about people more than trees yeah nice we are talking now already more than almost one and a half hours. So I think it's time to uh, round it up. Uh, as the last thing, I wanted to ask you about your uh, favorite Polish uh, dish, since uh, yeah, this is a question I ask to everyone. And since I put you in the Polish box for now, <laughs> I would like to ask mm -hmm. about your favorite food. Uh, I think pierogi or dumplings would be too easy, but I really, really like them. That's my <laughs> favorite. <laughs> uh, I, I'm afraid I won't be uh, super original, but I really like them too. Uh, but I, I, I'd say a special way, because in some regions you can eat them with... Um, I've ate them once with, with uh, onion, like... Mm -hmm baked onion uh, and and some uh, I don't know how to tell it in English so I'll have to ask you about uh, to help me uh, barani difficult one yeah so it's some kind of fat from an animal but um, yeah, I also don't know actually how this animal is called. In like a goat or like a uh, sheep, yeah. Sheep's Type of a sheep, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of, uh, but it was really you know, like unique taste. Uh, it gave like dumplings. a special yeah, flavor. It, it, was, it was like, mm, I mean, I'm eating meat, but I don't like particularly meat. But, but this, with the dumplings, with the, with the slice of, of this, of this um, sheep's fat, it was like really very interesting and unique taste. Thank you. Thank you so much for the meeting. And uh, also you're a great story, storyteller. So it was very nice to Thank listen you to you. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't want to take more of your birthday. You should go in the sun and uh, go for walks with the nature and celebrate. You are listening to Kitchen Conversations. To find Michał's favorite Polish recipe, as well as the links to some of his works, please check out the show notes. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Until next time.